prostitution, the world's oldest profession. Illegal in most places in the world, and, like all things related to sex, a taboo subject we rarely discuss. But, in the rural counties of Nevada, where the West is still wild, pay for play is legal. My name is Jim, and for the last 20 years I've been a customer of the legal brothel system in Nevada. From its lavish high-end resort properties, to its small shacks in the middle of nowhere, from its connections to other arms of the sex industry, to the secrets it keeps from the public. I've seen it all, done most of it, and now I'm going to share it all with you. Join my friend Larry and I as we take you Behind the Red Light. Hey, and you're back. Thank you for joining us again this week. Hopefully your your week starts out really sharp on this Monday morning, or if you're listening later, you know, your Thursday afternoon at 3. Hopefully you got that coffee in you. You're going to get down the road. Things are, are going to be good. But welcome to Behind the Red Light. I am Larry, your main button pusher, and the voice you heard earlier was our resident pervert, Jim. Yes. Say hi to the fine people, Jim. Oh, hi, hi, people. That, that's all I got. That's all you got. Yeah, that's yeah. all I got this How's week. your week going? It's going okay. It's going okay. Well, we're closing out the year. Uh, happy New Year to all you fine people. If you, this is when this drops, we don't really know when this is going to drop. Probably in January. No, I think this one... Hang, now we're giving away too much of the back... Now, see, we've just ruined the image here. We've oh. given away... I'm giving away all the backstage folder oh, all and nonsense. Wall going and oh whatnot. my god! No, let's let's find. But if out. you have listened, to, if you are going to listen to this after the new year, happy new year. If you're going to listen to it before the new year, happy holidays. Something like that. Yes. Something like that. Actually, you know, now that I think about it, uh, uh, let me see here. This will actually be out. I believe the day after Christmas. Oh well, then. So we have. So for those of you who celebrate. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Uh, Hanukkah. Plentiful Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Boxing Day. Yes. And hopefully you had a festivist for the rest of us. Yes. Who, However you celebrate, regardless of what it is, we hope that you had or will have or are having an enjoyable holiday season. And most importantly, we hope you're surrounded by family and friends and, and love and yes. good food and good times. And, and hopefully some warm. good sex. And uh, well, sure. What, what? Uh, and speaking of that, we're oh. going to talk about uh, uh, that's actually a very nice lead in because we're I try going to talk try. about a place where you cannot have sex. Well, but theoretically, is, theoretically, but is a, a staple as far as the sexual community or things that you can buy of a sexual nature. Yes. Yeah, so like I have long since called it the, the gateway drug to the sex industry. And, of course, we're referring to strip clubs. Yes. I've always referred to it as a money pit. Well, I disagree with that statement. Well, you can, and you're, you're, you're allowed to, because that's why we're having this conversation mm-hmm, today. Because mm-hmm. when we were coming up with, with, with topics, as we do for each and every one of our shows, we didn't quite know how to breach this one. I mean, we've talked about... Well, we've talked about the, the illegal things that can the happen. The illegal in one. things, yeah. but we've never actually talked about the strip club itself. Sure. So, my personal opinion is, and I have told 
family members this, that uh, I do not like strip clubs because you cannot take it home with you. Mm -hmm. There are certain things, there's there's nothing you can buy at a strip club that you can take home. And then you brought we brought up the the amusement park. It's like, yeah, but you can go on the rides at amusement park. Yeah, no, not not at a strip club. Not at a strip club, you can't. It's it's kind of like a museum. Well, that you spend money on periodically. It, it first of all, it depends on where you're at and what the laws are. First of all, let's, first of all, uh, well, let's discuss. Uh, let's discuss your involvement with strip clubs so first before we go down, because we're going to meet all sorts of interesting characters sure and people are. and have have so, good fall to all. So, um, first of all, I've been going to strip clubs and I've gone to them all around the country for years and years, of course. But I also managed one for a year. Yeah. So and that is in particular what brought on this because you've yeah. had a very intimate knowledge of. Boy, have I ever. Uh, so let me just. All sorts of interesting <laughs> things. Let me say this. Before we get into this, I will say this that the average rules, most places, are that no hanky panky can occur, meaning that you cannot penetrate a woman in any way. So typically speaking, you're not allowed to touch her around the anus you're not allowed to touch her around her vagina you know but other than that you know most of it's fair game as long as she's consenting like say in a lap dance room for instance where a lot of places will allow you to touch her breasts her butt her legs her hips you know that sort of thing or whatever poker in the nose pull her ear sure if you're into that i suppose um (laughs) Why wouldn't you? Be? It's like, let me pick your nose for you. Ew, ew. Well, I don't want to go into that hole. What kind no, of, so, uh, in any I case, don't know what happens back there. Oh, well, that, 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 none of that doesn't happen. But in any case, that's that's the generalization of rules at a brothel, or at a brothel, bro, excuse me, at a strip club. And, of course, outside at the stage area and all that stuff, you don't touch. There's no touching allowed or what have you or anything of the sort. So that's, in general, how most strip clubs function. Um, And a lot of times there's a separation between the lap dance room and, say, the champagne room, where the lap dance room you can't touch, but the champagne room, you know, of course, there's the limited touching involved, whatever. I mean, there's different rules, different places. If you're going in a place, guys, make sure to ask the rules. Know Know the lay of the land before you do something stupid. Because all of us that work at a club that are men, are there to kill you if you if you disobey the rules? That's that's sort of our function. That's pretty much like the 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 primary job is if anybody gets gets out of line, you either put them back in the line or you remove them. You from remove the line. them. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So that's that's the miserable part of the job. I will tell you that is dealing with the client <laughs> the clients. <laughs> um, and there's also the miserable part of the job is when you have girls that um, you know, depending on where you're working, there's always going to be at least one girl who's there because she needs the money for drugs and is you know showing up high well, or altered or whatever and you're we, so, yeah Jesus. we will talk about the girl or the girls or the guys yeah that the the rock the stage mm-hmm. which yeah, they kind of do rock the stage because you, you you made a very interesting comment about this one woman who would do shows with the sparks and have the thing oh yes rubber doll yeah, yeah. And, and that would be a rock show all on itself it was neat uh, it was very very neat if even if you're not into stripping if, if you go and you see a show like that and you don't respond to it there's something wrong with you yeah because i mean this this woman is, is pretty much being a daredevil in front of your eyes well and i think that 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 the fact that you've brought that up means that we need to go back a ways just a little bit and we need to talk about the birth of strip clubs, so to speak, in the United States and how this sort of entertainment started. Because this is 
the history of entertainment in our country is really stepping back to the days of the minstrel shows, of uh, circuses, and that sort of thing. We and one need of the things to tell you what a minstrel show is. If you don't know, it's when a white person put on blackface and imitated a black person, which back then was sadly an acceptable form yeah. of entertainment. Um, but one of the other things that that came from that era. Uh, was something called burlesque. And I am a huge fan of burlesque. Now, burlesque. And I will tell you why as we keep going. Yeah. Now, burlesque today, uh, for those who have never seen it, is a very fancy form of stripping. Yeah. Usually the girls wear uh, pasties that cover their nipples. They do not drop their, their panties. You know, they are completely covered throughout the process, so to speak, where you're not seeing anything... Uh, you know, you'll see her breasts, but you won't see her nipples. You will, you will see her her butt, but you will not see her her vagina. She's not dropping her panties. It's a um, more refined version of stripping. Um, and what was happening in this day and age when the, when these types of shows were big? Well, let's let, let let's expand that because that's not just all of a burlesque. Uh, a burlesque well, that's, that's just what I was just about to get into. Oh, here. yeah. It was a variety show. Yeah. You would get burlesque a, shows weren't just that. You would get a stand-up comedian. Yes. Abbott and Costello came out of the burlesque they did. scene. Um, the Three Stooges came out of the burlesque scene. They did, uh, as did uh, Milton Berle and any, 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 a million other uh, people from the early days of Hollywood that you probably know of. There's a good chance that you probably saw somebody like a Frank Sinatra or a Dean Martin singing a song at a burlesque show. Potentially, yes. So you would get a good, solid, two-hour adult-themed mm-hmm. variety show. Correct. And it's because at the time that this was, this was popular, most of the audience were men, not women. And that includes vaudeville as well. Yeah. So uh, it wasn't until later in that that scheme of things that vaudeville became more of family entertainment. And that has a lot to do with the rise of the middle class. All of a sudden, people had expendable income. They were looking for entertainment options. And what would happen typically is if somebody was starting out as a performer, they might start at the minstrel shows to get get a footing. And if they worked their way up, they could get to burlesque shows. And if they worked their way up from there they could get into the vaudeville circuit. And the vaudeville circuits were, uh, for those of you who are familiar with professional wrestling, the vaudeville circuits were very similar to territories in pro wrestling in the sense that you would work a certain circuit that was owned by a promoter. They would send you around those circuits, and then you'd get traded off and go over there and over yeah, somewhere you... else and so on and so on. And you were always on the road. And that that was all. All of these things, vaudeville on down, was considered lowbrow entertainment so well, to speak I, I it mean, was the for the average person and think of the think of the travel because they would have uh, they would have the train too that they would have right. to travel on the train right. so let, let's say your first week you were in california going all the way up to washington mm-hmm. and then you would head out into the midwest and you'd hit all those cold territories that nobody wants to hit because they've got nothing out there there's you're going to gain like 300 to 500 people a show yeah if you're lucky and then you head down south into the texas louisiana Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama territory, mm-hmm. and then you swing up and made your real money. Now, some people may disagree with me, but no, truth is truth. The real money was on the East Coast. 
Well, it was it was New, it was in, New York in in the New and York that's, area. and that's both for wrestling and for vaudeville. Yeah, uh, uh, vaudeville, you know, in New York was was what they called big time. Yeah, that's where the term big time comes from. Well, where you, what, if somebody made the big time, that's what it means. Because once you've gotten to New York, you could take your vaudeville show, show and put it on Broadway and well, then have a residency. That rarely happened. The, the most of most of what was on Broadway at that time was entertainment that was for the wealthy. Because they were the only ones that could afford the tickets. Well, then you would make your way over to Los Angeles and hope that you got in a movie. Well, but again, this is no vaudeville predates the film industry because by the time the film industry starts, that's why the studio system is almost identical to the vaudeville system. It's because it's the same men owned it. Yeah, I understand that. So, but the invention of film eventually gave the vaudeville acts something to achieve and to, something to aspire to. No, what happened ultimately was We're going to have an argument and a fistfight on the show. Well, no, it's not an argument. It's just what is. The fact is, when the, when the movies first started, they were all silent. And so I'm aware silent, of that. And so the silent film was not... Well, I'm not saying this for the audience purpose. Not <laughs> the audience uh, at that time was, you know, because they were silent and there was just somebody playing, uh, you know... A piano. A piano or whatever. What would happen is that the vaudeville circuits would bring in maybe one film. And it would be a short okay, film. Okay, that's where you were going with. And they'd bring in the cartoons. Be, correct. Or the newsreel. And this would be there to supplement the bill, mm -hmm. which the bill was what they would call the, the series of entertainment acts that would be on the show that you were coming to see. And you would drop down 10 cents, and it would probably be all day where you get up right. and you go get yourself a sandwich and come back and correct. do the whole thing. So what ultimately was happening is as there were more films coming out and then the talkies hit. When all of a sudden there could be that. And when that happened, a lot of the vaudevillian promoters discovered that, you know, if I rent this film, I pay a price per month versus having to pay, having to give a payout to these performers mm -hmm. every time they show up on stage. And then so what ended up happening is they started saying, well, I'll have instead of 10 performers in one thing, I'll have three videos and six performers and they, and it started to shift out and slowly but surely the performers didn't have anywhere to go and at the same time these promoters were saying hey wait a minute why am i renting the film when i could make it well and so this formed the studio system this is when rko was formed which of course was a, a, a mixture of the orpheus circuit out in la the keith circuit in new york that's where the r where the o and the k come from i can't remember what the r one was off the top of my head but that's that studio is is, is the two big times on either coast that came together with a third and that's that's where rko came from and they all were like that they all all the well, old studios formed that way well the and the talkies as you call them i call yeah. i call people who who talk during movies in the movie theaters talkies yeah but that the the movie theater system then kind of blossomed throughout the united states as yep. something to do during the evening it became part of nightlife you're gonna go sure. you're gonna go get dinner you're gonna go see a movie you're or gonna you go saw a matinee which is exactly how you saw again how you saw vaudeville back in the go, day then you're gonna go dancing yep. and you're gonna do the whole thing and and now as all this is going on it's important to note that this is evolving along with our financial situation here in the united states so as a result the middle class is beginning to get larger and larger and larger and as that happens they need more energy entertainment options all this is happening and long about mid-century of course the television comes into play all, all of this stuff is relevant to the point where 
you have as all this is going on, the lower forms of entertainment that led up to that, which was of course the minstrel shows and burlesque, are going out of style. And as that's happening, of course, we start to become, especially if you hit mid-century, the minstrel show thing. You, you can't be doing that now. You know, that's there's more sensitivity towards this. We're not going to do this, and they die out completely. And of course, by this time, also what has happened is that uh, all of the acts that were in vaudeville, or that were even just a little bit lower, but could get out, they got out and are now working in Hollywood. And so all those old names that we mentioned that everyone here is listening, thinking, well, they did movies. Well, yeah, but they originally came from vaudeville. That's where all the first performers in Hollywood came from. Right. And through the, the avenue of their movie, they can start touring on their own selves. Absolutely. And which means now they don't uh, – they aren't splitting a paycheck with ten other people. Correct. And especially for the singers and such, that became their thing. Some of them ended up in residencies in Las Vegas, et cetera, et cetera. But ultimately, you know, the burlesque doesn't have a place here. It just doesn't. It's lowbrow entertainment, and this slowly becomes strip clubs. As the, you know, it gets harder and harder to make money, all of a sudden it's, well, let's take the pasties off. As it becomes harder and harder, let's drop the panties. Mm -hmm. and, and what started as decent entertainment, where there were no lap dances or things of that nature, now turns into the strip club that we know and love or hate, depending on who you are. And that's the birth of the strip club here in the United States. Or you're indifferent. I mean, you know, some people are like, yep, strip club, and you just kind of move on. But that is the birth of the – and here's the, here's the crazy part. You know, these institutions are everywhere in the United States of America. They are, pretty much, unless the individual county or whatever has some rule against it you know, that prevents them from putting one in. Because there has been, especially as uh, we moved out into the suburbs, again, part of the evolution of, of us. Is like, this, this show is really all for you, really, in a lot of ways, as the, as the sociological expert here. Because well, yeah, it, it, it led to things like nude Shakespeare. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people, want to, people naturally want to see what they're into in the nude. It just sure. it, it it is especially it, men. Men were very visual. Yes, yeah, especially men, very visual. Oh, look, look, let's look at that. What better way to get a bunch of men into a Shakespeare play than to say, okay, we're going to perform this nude? Yeah, and you know, it's it's interesting to note that that uh, uh, male strippers is only the latter half of the twentieth century that that became a thing. Yeah, it should be. You know that's that's that just show, goes to show you again. This was this was a male-driven thing for a long, 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 long time. Um, but in any case, you know, as over the years, as this has turned into something that is kept behind closed doors, and it's no longer part of the public eye. And oddly enough, burlesque has come back as neo burlesque over the years, and there are plenty of burlesque acts out there that you can go see if you choose to these days. Right, but it's not the it's not the same way it was it, back it, then. It's not but the same because there's two there there's definitely more of a an, an influence and a push on the the fan dancer and yeah, yeah. the multiple fan dancers that come in, which is old Vegas. Mm -hmm. Uh, instead of having you know that two-hour variety act that you used to, there is a heavy yeah. And if you if you and of course there are there are certain offshoots of burlesque, uh, you know, like showgirls, or uh, what did they what did they used to call that? 
I'm trying to think of the word for that type of show, and I'm just blanking right now. What, for showgirls, the fan dancing, yeah, line yeah, yeah. dancing? Uh, there was another name for it that was between – it was after burlesque, and I'm just – I'm blanking on it right now. I'll probably remember it later on. Somebody somebody in the audience can shoot me that if they, if they, if they remember it. But, um, yeah, in any case, you know, there's, there's other things that have come along that have sort of replaced burlesque in one way or the other. But strip clubs, they went their own way, and they went, they went a route that definitely makes them now a gateway to the sex industry. Most women who get into brothels or prostitution in one way, shape, or form, they start as strippers. Or, or porn, for that matter. They start as dancers. And it, it, it's very, very interesting because I want to I make this the, the statement uh, real quick before we go on. There are still strip clubs to this day that the only way that they can operate is by putting on a performance such as Shakespeare, such as something along those lines to bring people in where they can get away with the nudity because of the counties that they live in. That's true, and most of them, believe it or not, these days accept DJs because DJing is a form of entertainment, and that's why there's always a DJ playing the music and the girls don't do it themselves. Oh, there you go. Yeah. A little, <laughs> a little bit of legality there. Yes. Yeah. But uh, as far as it being a, a gateway, do these girls actively look for a place to... Uh, uh, to prostitute themselves to apply their craft or or, or the next logical step i think what happens is is uh, there are scouts who look of course there are there's scouts and everything you know um in recent years as porn has become more acceptable you know there are girls who will actively get into dancing knowing that they can use it to bounce into porn or OnlyFans. OnlyFans. Yeah. Or that. Um, if you go to the average strip club these days, two-thirds of the girls will probably hand you their card that they're on OnlyFans if you'd like to see more. You know, they're, that they'll market themselves in that way. Um, so that's, that's a possibility. Um, I think when it comes to the prostitution aspect of it, I think what tends to happen is girls will get into it, and they might work at these clubs where people turn a blind eye. And so in the back, you know, in the champagne room, there are things that are accessible if you have enough money. And then from there, she realizes that this is pointless to be back here and dance and have to go up for stage sets when I could just get right to this and make the, the real money. And so pragmatically, they say, I'll look for a way to do this. And they either become an escort or they decide to look into one of the houses in Nevada. And... With that being said, we are going to go into extra extra innings on this one Uh-oh. because we have yet to discuss the kind of women who work at the uh, at the strip club and their needs. We have yet to look at the types of strip clubs and we have yet to look at the men who go to strip clubs. Sam, we're going to look at that next time. Yeah, and I say we are going to look at that next one. So this is our first part one of a part two series oh, that we boy. didn't think we were going to do. But uh, here we go. Guess what? We're in it now. All right. Well, you know, in that case, do Larry, you wanna... if, if they, uh, if, if do you do you, 
I mean, how are they going to contact us in between if they have questions about what we've done in the first part? Well, I feel that they should get a hold of us via the email system oh. that we have set up. Through electronic email, you can go to behind the red light 702 mm-hmm. at gmail.com. Yes. Leave us a wonderful message. You can do it discreetly. Or if you're one of those religious types that feel like you want to just crap on everything, go ahead and we'll oh, read if they your... want to, Yeah, if you want to do that, we'll tell everybody who you are. First yeah. of all, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But or if you want to, uh, you know, be friendly. But we cannot deny the fact that I'm still looking for that person who absolutely hates us. So I know that we made it officially. Jesus. Okay. Well, you know, for those of you that are more friendly, uh, you can always go to a Facebook and you can look up behind the red light and like us on Facebook and interact with us all you'd like to. Uh, please do so. We'd love to have you there. And, uh, and I guess we have reached the end of the show. So, so for those well, of you, hang on, hang on, hang on, because we have done, we have not done our friendly thing. Well, that's what I'm about to do. We I'm have about to, to, I'm about Wait, to do. I was about to say. So, for those of you who have chosen us as your entertainment option among the millions of options that are out there, we appreciate you so much for doing so, don't we, Larry? Oh, I am. I am so grateful for the listeners that we have. If you listen to us and like our show, great. If you listen to us and don't like our show, even better. Thank you for listening anyway. Yeah, because. You know, uh, numbers are numbers. Absolutely. So, so please download us, like us, share us, do all that jazz. Yeah, and we can be found on. Yeah, we really haven't. You, we can be found on most uh, most podcasting platforms. Indeed. And if you're listening to us now, this is one of the you, platforms. You found us. You yeah. found us. So um, on behalf of Jim, I'm Larry. On behalf of uh, Larry, I'm still Larry. And I. And I'm Jim. You're Jim. Uh-huh. Yes. And we'll see you next week. Well, at least we hope to. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.